Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 238 for the week of November 6th. 2023. Before we start, a reminder you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. We start this week with some data related to trucking capacity, and we'll start with payroll employment. After recovering a large chunk of the jobs lost due to the yellow shutdown, payroll employment in for higher trucking returned to its downward trend during October, according to preliminary data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Trucking shed 5,000 jobs seasonally adjusted in October, and BLS revised the earlier figures for August and September significantly, although those changes netted out to a difference of only about 1,000 jobs in the revised September employment figures. The latest estimate shows a drop of 30,700 jobs in August, followed by an increase of 13,400 jobs in September. Seasonally adjusted trucking employment was down 1.7% year-over-year, but was still 59,000 jobs or 3.9% higher than the pre-pandemic month of February 2020. On a not-seasonally adjusted basis, trucking employment was 92,900 jobs or 6.2% higher in October than in February 2020. That is, of course, because October employment in trucking is almost always stronger than February employment in trucking. More granular figures for trucking lag by a month, so are available only through September. Given the hit to LTL employment from Yellow's failure, the key question was how much of that lost capacity would uh, the LTL sector regain. The latest BLS estimate puts the loss of LTL jobs in August at 25,000, which implies that potentially several thousand Yellow employees might have been snapped up immediately by other carriers. In September, LTL added... 4,200 jobs seasonally adjusted. Therefore, LTL employment in September was still about 20,800 jobs or 7.8% below the level immediately prior to the yellow shutdown. General freight truckloads saw little change in September, ticking up just 700 jobs. Despite weak freight, truckload payroll employment is a mere 6,200 jobs or 1.1% below the all-time high in May. Truckload is 32,600 jobs, or 6.3%, ahead of February 2020 levels. Employment in long-distance specialized trucking continued to fall, as it has been down for the last three months. Specialized trucking is 6,800 jobs, or 4.9%, below pre-pandemic levels. One of the reasons payroll employment in truckload is so strong is the increased availability of drivers who have been displaced by failures of very small carriers. And that brings us to the second set of capacity-related data this week, changes in the for-hire carrier population. 
The number of for hire trucking companies exiting the market is rising while the number of new carriers authorized is falling, according to our analysis of Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration data. After a minuscule easing of net revocations of trucking authority, that's total revocations minus reinstatements, uh, that occurred in September, net revocations rose by more than 1,000 in October to more than 7,400, and that's the highest level of net revocations since May. The data FTR tracks lags market conditions because of the time required for a final revocation to take effect, and that means the increase in revocations in October likely reflects, at least in part, the surge in diesel prices that occurred starting in late July. If that is in fact the case, then the November data also likely would show a larger number of revocations than we were seeing in the summer. As carrier failures rise, new entry is falling. In October, FMCSA authorized close to 4,900 new for hire trucking firms. That's down about 300 from September for the fewest newly authorized carriers since June of 2020. New entry has been propped up by multiple factors, such as improved capacity management technology by brokers and the attacks on the leased owner-operator model, such as, of course, California's AB5 law. Even with those upward uh, trends, that segment of the market appears to be gradually normalizing due to hostile market conditions. If we net out the increased carrier exits and decreased carrier entries, the decline in the total number of authorized trucking operations was sharply greater in October than it had been in September. The for-hire carrier population fell by nearly 2,600, which is the largest drop since May and the third largest decrease on record. By the way, a quick plug for FTR's premium subscription to Trucking Update, which is our monthly report on trucking, uh, and its database, and that database includes all of the data that I've just talked about going back to 2000. If you're interested, go to ftrintel.com. Okay, let's talk about diesel prices, which were down for the second straight week. The national average price of diesel fell 8.8 cents to $4.36.6 a gallon during the week ended November 6th, and that's a week after falling just over 9 cents. Prices were down in all regions, ranging from just 1.4 cents a gallon in New England to just over 16 cents a gallon in the Rocky Mountain region. Meanwhile, crude prices are still relatively stable, under $85 a barrel. Okay, let's talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended November 3rd, which is week 44 of the year. Spot rates for refrigerated equipment reflected seasonal strength in the latest week, but dry van equipment is not yet showing any signs of typical holiday gains. Broker posted spot rates in the truck stop system during the week rose for only the second time since the end of August, as a sharp increase in refrigerated spot rates offset small declines in flatbed and dry van. All three segments saw stronger load postings, but refrigerated greatly outpaced the others. Okay, let's go deeper. We'll start with rates. The total broker-posted rate increased just over a penny after easing by the same amount during the previous week. Rates were about 10% below the same week last year, about 4% below the five-year average. 
Total market rates are moving in line with seasonal expectations as flatbed rates are holding up a little better than expected while dry van rates are not yet showing seasonal gains. Dry van spot rates eased seven-tenths of a cent after rising just over a penny during the previous week. Rates uh, in dry van, which have declined in four of the past five weeks, were nearly 8% below the same week last year and nearly 10% below the five-year average. Refrigerated spot rates rose just over 11 cents for the largest increase since early August. Rates were nearly 7% below the same 2022 week and almost 5% below the five-year average. Flatbed spot rates declined just over one cent after ticking up four-tenths of a cent during the prior week. Rates were about 12% below the same week last year and about 2% below the five-year average. Okay, let's touch on volume. Total load activity was up about 8%. That was after declining about 4% in the prior week. Volume was about 17% below the same week last year and about 24% below the five-year average. Volume was up in all regions. Dry van loads increased 9% and were up in all regions, but just barely so on the West Coast. Volume was nearly 19% below the same 2022 week and 24% below the five-year average. Refrigerated loads jumped nearly 25% and volume was up in all regions. Load volume was about 10% below the same week last year and about 25% below the five-year average for the week. And finally, flatbed loads increased nearly 3% after falling more than 4% in the prior week. Loads were up in the South Central, Midwest, and Mountain Central regions, but down elsewhere. Volume was more than 17% below the same 2022 week and about 31% below the five-year average for the week. Let's wrap up the weekly data with a quick look at unemployment benefits. Although initial claims for unemployment changed little in the latest week, ongoing claims continued to rise. Continued claims rose by 35,000, seasonally adjusted to 1.8 million, which is the highest level since mid-April. The end of the United Auto Workers strikes against three uh, U.S. automakers, however, might ease ongoing claims. So we'll be watching that closely to see how much that is distorting uh, the data to the upside. Most of the rest of the podcast is about the labor market. So let's address the one key indicator that isn't. The Institute for Supply Management's manufacturing index fell by 2.3 points in October to 46.7%. The ISM indicates that manufacturing has been in contraction for a full year, in the index, 50% is the threshold between contraction and expansion. The index's components that most directly affect freight transportation weakened in October. The new orders component, which has been in contraction territory for 14 months, dropped 3.7 points to 45.5%. The production component declined just over 2 points to 50.4%, which is still technically an expansion, but only quite marginally so. As production continues to outpace orders, at least slightly, another concern for freight demand going forward lies in manufacturing backlogs. The backlogs component weakened only very slightly, but it was the weakest component of the entire ISM index. Okay, let's get into the job market, uh, starting with job openings. The number of unfilled job positions in the U.S. ticked up six-tenths of a percent in September to 9.55 million, 
although that increase followed a downward revision to the initial August estimate. The result was that job openings were marginally weaker in September than what we thought they were originally in August. Although job openings were down nearly 21% uh, from the record 12 million back in March of last year, they are still nearly 37% higher than they were in February 2020. Finally this week, let's talk about the Employment Situation Report, or what is more commonly called the Jobs Report. The U.S. economy added 150,000 payroll jobs seasonally adjusted in October. That's the second weakest month-over-month -month increase since the end of 2020, according to the preliminary Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates. BLS also downwardly revised August and September payroll employment estimates by a net of 101,000 jobs. Other employment metrics were slightly more negative as well. The unemployment rate ticked up to 3.9%, and the labor participation rate edged down to 62.7%. Before June, the economy had added no fewer than 217,000 jobs, seasonally adjusted, in any month since the end of 2020. However, monthly job growth has been 165,000 or fewer jobs in three of the past five months. That included just 105,000 jobs added during June. We need to recognize, though, that special situations have distorted payroll employment figures um, considerably recently. Um, for example, the 35,000 job drop in manufacturing during October, that's the largest of any sector uh, during October, was due almost totally to a 33,200 job loss in motor vehicle and parts manufacturing, and that loss resulted primarily from the recent United Auto Workers strikes. Although the strikes did begin in September, they occurred after the BLS data collection period for the month, which occurs uh, in the middle of the month. Another special situation that's closer to home for people listening to this podcast, and one that we've already touched on briefly in the podcast this week is the shutdown of Yellow Corporation, which was a notable hit to August payroll employment. Not only was October job growth not that strong, but the growth was heavily concentrated in just two sectors. Private education and health services added 89,000 payroll jobs, seasonally adjusted, mostly in healthcare. Government employment rose by 51,000, which was led by a 38,000 job increase in local government jobs. Construction added 23,000, and professional and business services added 15,000 jobs. Aside from manufacturing, the largest decrease in jobs was in information. Financial activities employment was down by 2,000, and trade, transportation, and utilities eased by 1,000, due mostly to decreases in warehousing and storage, as well as the drop in trucking that we've already discussed. Warehousing and storage had 11,400 jobs seasonally adjusted. That's the largest decrease in that sector since November of last year. Couriers and messengers employment, or what we call parcel and local delivery, was up modestly. Okay, let's recap some key takeaways for the week. For higher trucking, she had 5,000 jobs in October. Trucking company exits increased in October. Diesel prices fell again in the latest week. Refrigerated spot rates rose sharply. Continued jobless claims are the highest since October. 
the ISM manufacturing index deteriorated. Job openings changed little in September. The U.S. added 150,000 payroll jobs in October. The unemployment rate increased to 3.9%. And the UAW strikes depressed the job opening or job growth figures for October. Next week is shaping up to be a bit light. We will talk about data from the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, international trade and goods, and inventories and sales in the wholesale sector. Plus, we'll recap the week in diesel prices and the spot market, as usual. That's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update, episode 238 for the week of November 6, 2023. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week. That's it for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business. Music